It is Unleashed Barrier Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. It is episode 49. Gobble, gobble. Episode 49, the Thanksgiving edition of the show. I didn't do that very well. It is November 23rd, 2022. There's a judge in town. The NFC picture after the 49ers trounced the Cardinals in Mexico City. Why Thanksgiving is much better than Christmas, both just as a holiday and as a sports day. A tribute to John Madden and one for the road. The 49ers bus gets lost. It's comical. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Unleashed Barry is Sports Talk. We drop it each weekday. Thank you so much for making the time, and thanks for making Unleashed your first stop for Bay Area Sports Talk each weekday. Please listen to what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, subscribe. Any of the places you get your uh, favorite podcasts, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button, Apple, Spotify, and the rest, my day job, KNBR Radio in San Francisco, 680 KNBR, the blowtorch, and KNBR.com. You can stream us, too, and we'll, we'll be on live today on Wednesday, off Thursday for Thanksgiving back. On Friday, the YouTube will hit. We got the uh, studio looking beautiful, so keep on the lookout, and I'll let you know when we're on the uh, YouTube channel. And, of course, interact any old time at John Lund Radio. You can hit me up there on Twitter or Instagram. And, again, whether you disagree, whether you agree, I ask lots of questions throughout the podcast so just hit me up, at John Lund Radio. I'd love to get your reaction to everything that we do here on Unleashed. And if you are new to the podcast, thank you very much for making the time and trying us out. We hope you will become a regular. And again, we drop it Monday through Friday, unless it's Thanksgiving. We started out with a big story of the day, which today has to do with Aaron Judge being in town with the Giants. I'll give you the latest. And I did talk to John Morosi from MLB Network on my show on KNBR, and I'll let you hear a snippet of that. And it is optimism, I would say, if you're a Giants fan. So stay for that. We'll get into the 49ers and where they sit. Perfect time to look at the NFC now as we're kind of getting into it. I know there's seven games remaining, but we're starting to crystallize on what the uh, NFC could look like as well. Thanksgiving, I will make the case both as in holiday and as a sports day. And I'll give you a little bonus John Madden audio that you don't want to miss either. And then we'll get into uh, one for the road, which is kind of a fun, quirky thing that we do at the end of the podcast has to do with the 49ers bus getting lost. You do not want to miss that one. So, again, thank you for tuning in to Unleashed. We drop it weekdays, Monday through Friday. I am John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco, and I host a uh, daily talk show, a weekday talk show with Greg Papa, the voice of the 49ers, at uh, KMBR 680. If you're in the Bay Area, if you're not, just go to KMBR.com, and you can stream us from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Let's get going with today's leadoff spot. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The meeting is uh, occurring today. Uh, obviously, with the Thanksgiving holiday, it, it seems as though with him being in town, uh, they wanted to have a conversation before the, the holiday weekend starts. Do we know anything about the meeting? And uh, Greg and I, John, were... We're speculating that, you know, he's, he's such a big Giants fan that, that Buster Posey's got to be a part of this thing. And he was a Rich Arroyo guy. Maybe Richie's in there. Barry Bonds was in kind of a similar situation when he came over to the, to the Giants. Would Barry be a part of it? Do we, do we know what kind of a presentation the Giants are going to put together here? That's a great question. I, I would imagine, and, and obviously my understanding is that this, this meeting is still, still going on, that it's, that it's an, an all-day 
type of um, experience where I'm sure he's going to see the ballpark, maybe uh, do a little more homework on what it would be like to live in the Bay Area and, and uh, all those uh, things about life away from baseball that are so important in any free agent recruitment or any executive recruitment process, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I would expect that the Giants will play heavily on on that emotion, and, and that's both an authentic thing to do and the right thing to do because this is the the team with which Aaron Judge fell in love with the game. And uh, you think about other free agent pursuits in, in recent pro sports, going home is a is a powerful thing. There's a certain part of your life that when you fall in love with a team and it's your sport and it becomes your career. That is John Morosi on my KMBR show, which you, you can uh, hear weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with myself and The Voice. Of the 49ers, Greg Popo and John Rossi, MLB Network, does a great job. One of the best insiders in all of baseball. And so when he, and he's the one who posted the video of Aaron Judge uh, at the, uh, at the uh, I believe it was the Regency or wherever it was in uh, San Francisco. It was the video that he posted, which went viral, where uh, Aaron Judge was kind of like, yeah, I'm in town seeing family and just kind of having some fun with it. But we do know that uh, he met with the Giants all day on Tuesday. We did that interview on KMBR on Tuesday. That's why he said all day today. Um, there's a couple of different angles here that are incredibly fascinating. First and foremost, I asked John about who was going to be in the meeting. And if you don't know the background on it, Aaron Judge in his first All-Star game that he made with the uh, with the Yankees was asked in the media throng what he was most excited about. And he, without hesitation, said meeting Buster Posey, that he had been a big Buster Posey fan growing up in Linden, California. You know the story of Linden, uh, just outside the Bay Area, so fairly close to home. Grew up a Giants fan. Grew up a Rich Aurelia fan. So I would just think if you're going full boat for Aaron Judge that Buster Posey is there. He's part of the ownership group. I know Rich Aurelia very well. Uh, I'm sure Richie is there. Barry Bonds, as I asked John Morosi in that cut that you just heard, Barry Bonds was in a similar situation coming home. And he didn't really look at a whole a lot of other teams. And Pittsburgh wasn't in the kind of position that you're not competing against the uh, the Pirates are competing against the Yankees, so it's not exactly perfect, but I would imagine that Barry is going to impress upon him how great it was coming home, and for some people who don't think you can hit home runs in this park, uh, Barry Bonds hit home runs in this park. I know what you're saying. He got a little bit of help, but still, Aaron Judge is strong enough to where uh, how many home runs is he going to lose? How, much, how important is that to him? I just don't know. So he only knows the factors. He only knows how close he is to home, but one thing I do know and just – reading, hearing, watching uh, the Yankees' pursuit of Aaron Judge. And there was a great piece that you need to check out by Joel Sherman in the New York Post. And Joel Sherman essentially writes that, I don't know that he called it arrogance, I would call it arrogance, just the way that they have pursued this whole thing, almost to the point where it's, you'll be lucky to take our money. You're lucky to play for the Yankees. And there are some teams that have that arrogance about them. I think it's become less and less because you can be a superstar anywhere. It used to be that you had to be in New York or L.A. or a large market, and you don't have to be. You can be a superstar anywhere. LeBron James was just as big of a superstar in Cleveland than he was L.A. You can go across the board. That's just the way we are with social media and the way and the reach and the amount of games that are on TV. If you're a superstar, you're a superstar. So, But the Yankees still have that arrogance about them. I was watching a show on the Yes Network, and the host said, Do you want to be Robinson Cano? Or do you want to be Derek Jeter? So in other words, do you want to go to a team like the Seattle Mariners, take the most money, uh, burn out, nobody remembers you, or do you want to become Derek Jeter, the captain, and he stayed all of his years? 
with the Yankees. Roger Maris Jr., when Aaron Judge was going after the American League home run record, basically said it should be a Yankee that has this record. And he, and just the arrogance, there's just an arrogance about the Yankees. I think that everybody would agree with that. And they've kind of, according in Joel uh, Sherman's piece, they've kind of played that way in their pursuit of Aaron Judge. Now, maybe, I, I, may, I know nothing of Aaron Judge personally. I've interviewed him once or twice. It seems like one of the nicest guys around in that clip where he's coming home. At the hotel in San Francisco, he seems like an incredibly nice guy. I don't know what's going through his head. Uh, some people suggested in New York, again, the arrogance of the Yankees, that this was just a ploy for leverage. Aaron Judge doesn't need leverage. He just set the American League record for home runs. He just had a historical season. He just had the best walk season in the history of the game. He doesn't need to go get chased by teams. Hey, Yankees, look, the Giants are interested. Hey, Yankees, look, the Dodgers are interested. I'm going to raise my value. His value can't get any higher. Now, if you get a bunch of teams involved and the Yankees get pushed by, say, the Red Sox or the Mets right across the street, I think that could create leverage. Now, I'm sure his agents uh, don't uh, mind the fact that he was filmed in San Francisco in a hotel. I'm not saying that leverage hurts in any way, shape, or form, but he doesn't need it. It's not like some of these other free agents where you need to create a market and hopefully get the Yankees and the Dodgers and some of the big market teams involved so it can pump up the numbers of a Brandon Nimmo. Somebody like that could use some leverage like that. Aaron Judge, he's going to blow the roof off of a bank whether he has perceived leverage or not. So he doesn't need the leverage. That's a Yankee thing. Oh, he's, he's just going there to make him jealous. You're like, oh, you break up with somebody and then you, you, know, you take some social media pictures to try to make your ex jealous. Ooh, look, I'm at, I'm at dinner with this other guy, you know, or whatever. He doesn't need to do those kind of things. But there's an arrogance about the Yankees is my point. And I wonder if that turns Aaron Judge off because, to me, one thing I will speculate on is he seems like a pretty simple guy. Uh, he was alienated, according to reports, by the initial offer, by the fact that the Yankees leaked it out. Um, apparently, he wasn't overly happy that he was getting booed in New York. So there are some negative things. Maybe they just mean nothing whatsoever, and it's optimism on my part. And to just kind of revisit this whole story, I I've gone from – Got to get this guy to optimistic, to pessimistic, to now I, I just really don't know. I'm confused about the whole situation. I looked at it initially like this is the guy you have to get. It's very similar to Barry Bond's situation. Uh, he's from here. Uh, not a lot of guys, even though a couple of years ago the ballpark started to play into a hitter's ballpark uh, during the pandemic and during the 107 win season that it was actually a plus ballpark for hitting in, and now it's kind of gone back to its old ways. I don't know why, how, why, I, don't, I don't know what the, the analytics or whatever it is around it. I don't know if it's weather-related or opening up those scrims in, in right field or closing them, or I, I, I don't know what it is. But notoriously, this ballpark doesn't play well for hitters, and it's very difficult to get a hitter to come here. you got to overpay him. you got to go Aaron Rowan. You, gotta, you don't want to do that. Pitching will come here, no problem. Hitting doesn't tend to come here. So my whole point on Aaron Judge was, you've got to get this guy. This is a hometown guy. He can hit it out of any ballpark. This is a unique situation. This is a Barry Bonds-type situation. You've got to get Aaron Judge at all costs. So I went from that to hearing all the stuff about he's going back to the Yankees, going back to the Yankees. And so I didn't want to get my heart too involved in this whole thing and get into fandom and, not, and get disappointed. So I thought to myself, well, if they don't get Aaron Judge then they can take that same money and get a lot of B-level players that are still good players, your Brandon Nimmo's and, and so forth, and you can still make a really competitive team. You don't just have to have a star because if you look at the Angels, they have maybe the two biggest stars in the game, certainly outside Aaron Judge's last season, but Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, if they're not one and two, then they're two and three, and they don't do anything every single year. So baseball is not about getting the best player 
or the second best player because the Angels may have the second and third or the first and second best players in the game, depending on how you look at it, and they never win anything. It's about having a well-rounded team. It's about having a deep team. Look at the Astros and the Phillies and what ended up in the World Series or even the teams contending. They were deep lineups, good bullpens, uh, deep rotations. Uh, Those kind of things are what's going to win. That's what baseball is all about. Now, in basketball, when you start five guys and you have LeBron James, you're already an advantage or a Steph Curry. You can win at at a pretty high level with one or two really good players. You can't do that in baseball. You can't do that in football. You've got to have a deep, well-thought-out, smart front office type of type of team. And so just getting Aaron Judge is not going to be enough. So I thought, well, if you get a bunch of really good players, spend that same money smartly, then you're going to be okay. And that's the approach I thought Farhan would have, especially after he signed Jock Peterson. Now, maybe that's going to still be the case. But I have kind of gotten lured back in on Aaron Judge. And one of the main reasons is, is A, I think they're going to have a tremendous and did have a tremendous presentation with the guys that I mentioned that Aaron Judge respects and likes in Buster Posey, Richard Willia, Barry Bonds, just that that whole front office. And I've heard in the past that the Giants put on a major uh, high-level presentation. And that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Look at the organization. Look at the type of things they do. So they're going to put together and did put together, I'm sure, a tremendous presentation for Aaron Judge. And the lure of going home, only he knows how strong that is. And then you couple that with my perception, which could be completely wrong, but again, I've seen a lot, read a lot, talked to a lot, and there is that perceived perception, and, and, and I think everybody knows it. It's an arrogance about the Yankees, and they've treated Aaron Judge like that. Whereas what you should be doing is saying, hey, we want you back, and we're going to treat you like... We never even dated before. You know, like when you get into a relationship and you're five years or 10 years or 20 years into the thing and maybe it loses some luster and you're not doing the things that you used to do, the Valentine's Day aren't as special or the anniversaries or the, and your wife starts looking at you like, you're taking me for granted, bro. And that's kind of what the Yankees could be doing in this situation for Aaron Judge. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my uh, optimistic side trying to get Aaron Judge, but certainly that's what I have uh, seen so far in the Aaron Judge pursuits. As far as a couple other uh, pursuits and players that the Giants could be looking at in talking to John Morosi, they think that the Giants would be in on Cody Bellinger. By the way, I'd love to get your thoughts on these next two guys. On Judge as well, at John Lund Radio on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Hit me up on any of those. And like I said, when we get the YouTube channel up, I'll actually put those on the screen. So make sure you hit me up, at John Lund Radio. What would you think Aaron Judge's pursuit? What is your thought on it right now? And then John Morosi said that the Giants would be on a Bellinger but only as a backup to judge. I'll be honest with you, I'd take them both. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion, and I think most general managers in baseball would tell you this, you collect talent and then you work it out later, especially now when you have a DH, the Giants don't have a first baseman, they have an atrocious outfield, they had the worst outfield defense by a large margin in 2021. So if you want to put judge and right, and you want to put Bellinger in center and then work out left field, whether that's Jock Peterson sometimes, which I don't love, uh, Mike Yastrzemski is more of a right fielder. I get that, but would be a, a, gold, a gold glover and left. Like, just get me get me great talent. I don't know. Can Bellinger play first sometimes? Absolutely. I think you'd be wasting his athleticism there, but you could. You could rotate guys at first base. I just want to get as much talent as I can. I know Bellinger hasn't been good for a while, but if you could get him at a decent number, I think that'd be interesting, but I get it. He's a Dodger, and speaking of Dodgers, reports – that the Giants have offered Kenley Jansen two years. Not sure if he would close or in concert with Camilla Duvall. Um, Kenley Jansen had a league leading with the Braves last year, 41. And just looking at his metrics, fastball velocity is down, but he has many good analytics still. 
Uh, I don't care that he was a Dodger. Uh, I think maybe some people would. One thing to keep an eye on is paces among the slowest in baseball and with a pitch clock next year, how would that affect him? So what do you think? Judge, Bellinger, Jansen, they are different situations, obviously. But what do you think of those guys at John Lund Radio? That's the latest, and we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on with the Giants offseason. Next. Guys, hell of a job today, man. Three weeks in a row is good of three team wins in a row that we've had, man. All right, all three phases, everyone dominated today. All right, we felt it all week, all right? I said it to you guys before. We said it last night. Like, we were feeling you guys, man. We knew we had the opportunity to play like this. Man, you guys didn't disappoint, dude. Everybody across the board talked about how we needed to make plays, though. All right, every one of you guys. I do want to thank ownership. Yes, sir. Hey. 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 Dr. York. That is a Kyle Shanahan in the locker room. I love locker room stuff, man. You get behind the scenes and you love it. And I sometimes forget. I've been doing this many, many years and been in tons of locker rooms and seen all this kind of stuff, but it's really cool to get behind the scenes. I think it's one of the most fun things that they that they do now in sports is give you that post-game stuff. And they gave Dr. Uh, York a, a football because – and he the reason why he was thanking uh, ownership is, A, that's a smart move by anybody. Uh, take a, a page out of Kyle Shanahan's book there. Thank management and ownership and the people that sign your checks anytime you can. That's a good uh, life lesson. Second part of it is they went up to Colorado Springs – uh, then traveled all the way to Mexico City. That's not a cheap thing to do. The NFL is not paying for that, so a lot of organizations wouldn't do that. The Cardinals didn't do that to just zip up to Flagstaff where they could have uh, worked in some altitude. Did it work? Did it not? Uh, I think you heard yesterday when I played it on yesterday's podcast, Brandon, you kind of went, whatever. Uh, Mooney Ward, who you're going to hear from in One for the Road, he didn't practice all week because his uh, girlfriend or wife gave birth to uh, a baby, and so he wasn't practicing, so that's why he was down on the field early. That altitude is no joke. But the 49ers win 38-10, to and it's a good time to check in on the NFC playoff picture with seven games remaining now as the 49ers in first place in the NFC West by virtue of that victory over the Seahawks 27-7 in week number two. So they move all the way up to the number three seed in the playoffs. That's why it's a great time to check in. So the Eagles still at number one. They're 9-1 after barely beating the Colts 17-16. They're home this weekend, 4-7 versus uh, 4-7 Packers. And to me, that's an interesting one because I think the Packers are out of it, but Aaron Rodgers is a competitor, and he's not going to just lay down. So uh, the Eagles are good. I'm not saying that they're not, and the Packers certainly have not been good. But will they give them a game? Will they beat them? Uh, I'm not completely convinced on the Eagles. Uh, Minnesota 8-2, how could you be convinced at all? They just got beat at home 40-3 by Dallas. They've got the Patriots on Thanksgiving, and I'm going to get into Thanksgiving next as part of the uh, the uh, podcast. 49ers then 6-4. and four. They're taking on the Saints this weekend at Levi Stadium. I'll be doing pre-half and post from the stadium this weekend. If you're in town, right off Tasman Drive is where the, uh, where the studio is, so come on by and say hello, knock on the window or whatever. Uh, Tampa's 5-5. Five and five. They were off last week because they played in Munich against the Seahawks. They're at the Browns. I do believe this is the last game that uh, Deshaun Watson's sitting out, so I'm sure we'll get into that in the podcast at some point next week. Cowboys 7-3. and three. they got the Giants at home. The Giants are the most paper team in the uh, NFC to me. Daniel Jones at the helm. I just It's not their time yet. They get off to a great start. Uh, the Cowboys scare me, 7-3. and three. And I know that the 49ers beat them last year in Dallas, but it took some doing. Remember that with seconds left, they couldn't get up there and, and uh, spike the ball. Micah Parsons... I know we are partial to Nick Bosa's Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons might steal it from him. He's been that good. Those are the top two defenders 
uh, in the league, getting Dak back, getting Tony Pollard the ball. They're probably going to get Odell Beckham Jr. So the Cowboys, to me, that might be the team to beat in the NFC. They're seven and three. Giants, as I said, seven and three. They're at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and then Seattle will round out the uh, playoff field right now as they get dropped six and four by the 49ers win. They've got the Raiders coming up this weekend. And before we assume, as we look at the 49ers schedule and look at it and say, wow, five of seven at home. They don't leave the West Coast. They go to Seattle. They go to Las Vegas. This thing looks really, really good. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but visits from Tampa, visits from Miami, those are going to be uh, challenging games. And Seattle has five of their final seven at home. However, the two that they go on the road, Kansas City, they go on the road, and the Rams, they go on the road. And while the Rams are struggling this year, we all know how the NFC kind of works, or excuse me, the NFC West kind of works, where the 49ers struggle with the Seahawks and the, and the Rams beat up on the Cardinals, although they didn't last time, but they had won 11 of 12 before losing a couple of weeks ago, and the Rams always beat up on the Seahawks. And so the Rams never win in L.A. Or excuse me, the uh, yeah, Rams never win in L.A. The Seahawks never win in L.A. So if uh, the Seahawks lose those two on the road to Kansas City and the Rams, which I expect they would, then they've got the rest of their games at home, and that's all well and good. But they don't have a lot. They have some easy games at home, but they got some tough ones. But they're just like the 49ers. Two on the road, five at home, but their road games are really difficult where the 49ers go to the Raiders. I'm not saying they can't lose that game, but they should win and then go to Seattle where they always struggle. That could be for the division. So that's what the uh, NFC looks like right now. The scariest team to me is not the Eagles, certainly is not Minnesota. Uh, Tampa with Tom at 5-5, five and five, they're always lurking, and the Cowboys at 7-3. and three. That's the team that I would absolutely take a look at. So that's a quick look at the NFC. Let's do a little Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving time with John Madden next. You're going to be home for Thanksgiving. I can't I believe it. I know where I'm going to be on Thanksgiving. I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be for Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I know. Kevin Barlow. Well, John, for years at CBS and Fox, it became a tradition, the turkey leg and all of that. And, and you brought to the the uh, knowledge of America the turducken. And so our friends at the Four Seasons cooked you a turducken. Oh, there it is. That is. I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken. But I got to show you how to. Oh, oh, I, I, I can't show you. I need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way. Because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck, stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions. Because for a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a, you know, a foul crossbreed. But it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a, it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressings. And are you going to have one on, on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have one. I have to bring it, though, but, you know, you know, because it, oh, here's, here a, it here's, a, here's a picture of one. Turn duck in yeah. the picture. That's the, that is one. it. And you see, you cut it, like, right down here. <laughs> see, and then this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> see, so you got turkey and duck and then dressing and then chicken. Oh. And then, then you just have to do it that way or... Nick, if any of that makes sense. It, it, now, can I get some hoisin sauce with that? Is it, <laughs> that's unbelievable. You know, you know the, the first time I ever had one of these, I, I, I ate it with my fingers, and then 
I had to shake hands, and I didn't know whether to <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> Second and seven, that pass is incomplete. That's just an incredible cut. So that is Al and John, and that was John Madden's first Thanksgiving on ABC for Monday Night Football, and that's why he was making reference to Fox and all those kind of things, and it's famous, the traducan over, you know, in the, in the Madden Cruiser and all that kind of stuff. And that was actually a 49ers Monday Night Football game with Jeff Garcia, quarterback, at Candlestick Park, that was the reference to Kevin Barlow that you heard at the the beginning of the uh, clip. And here I am, and I, you know, everybody looks at Thanksgiving as kind of the warm up act to Christmas. And I don't know about you at John Lund Radio. Both the holiday and the sports are much better to me now. As you get older, if you're a younger part of the demographic listening, and Christmas is awesome when you're a kid. Christmas is the best. You can't sleep beforehand. You get the the list of your parents. It's it's amazing. Even as a young adult, your kids are ripping open the presents. It's it's really one of the coolest things ever. And everybody loves Christmas. Everybody loves holidays. To me, I think Thanksgiving is is the best because, for example, my kid just came home from college. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time. Now he saw me for ten minutes, let me buy him dinner, and then raced off to see his friends. I totally get that. Uh, but. Just the holiday itself, because it means family, and as you get older, you realize that you just don't see family very much. It's difficult to do. So we go over to my wife's family. They happen to live here in Northern California. We all get together. We have a great time. And to me, there's just not the pressure of Christmas. So Christmas, you got to get the right gifts, and you got to get the right things, and you got to time it out right, and you got to all these different pressures of Christmas. The house has got to look right. The house has got to smell right. You got to have the lights up. You got, and that's a whole other debate. We just put our lights up, but we didn't light them up and we won't do it till the Friday after Thanksgiving. There's Black Friday and there's this and there's that. And there's, there's just a lot of pressures to Christmas to me. Uh, Thanksgiving is just awesome. Like all day long, everyone's cooking, having a good time. You know, in my house, the tradition was, you know, my dad would make a big vat of Bloody Mary mix and you got the games on and it's gluttonous and you got all the all the stuff you're eating beforehand, all the appetizers and dips, and everybody's in a great mood. And it's kind of the start of the holiday season, and there's not all the pressure. And I, I don't know. And then you go to the game itself. And so, for example, Bills at Lions at 930. So as you're kind of getting everything together, you flip on the TV, and it's a really good one this week. I used to cover the Lions and do pre- and post-game, and I wouldn't get home till. Three four o'clock, and they didn't. You know, if you're working on Thanksgiving, it's not the best. Uh, my uh, my ex wife uh, wasn't the happiest because you know we'd have family in town, and they'd have to eat, and then I'd get a cold plate. I'd get home at like four thirty five o'clock or whatever, and that wasn't great. And then of course I moved from there to Dallas, so I the Giants and the Cowboys are playing at one thirty Pacific on Thursday, and that's right in the middle, and that's even worse. You have no chance. You have a little bit of time with the family, and you leave. So that wasn't the greatest thing ever. And then Pat's at Vikes at 520. You're done with dinner. You're, you're stuffed. You want to just go lay on the couch. And those are the three games. So they all mean something. The Bills uh, playing means something. I think the, the Giants are paper. I think Cowboys might be the class of the NFC right now with the 49ers. That's when you're going to watch. And then the Vikings. I'd love to see what, I, I, like I said, I, after their 40-3 to loss, I'm sure they want to beat up on somebody. And the Patriots haven't been great. So that's a game that I would watch. And then college football-wise, I'm not a huge Mississippi State, Mississippi guy, but I'll probably watch the game because it's there. And then Christmas, like I said, the holiday itself, just as you get older, I like Thanksgiving better than Christmas. And then the Christmas Day slate, so you got 76ers at Knicks, 9 a.m., Lakers at Mavs at 11.30. These are Pacific because that's where we live. Bucks at Celtics at 2. Grizzlies at Warriors, the main attraction at 5. Suns and Nuggets at 7.30. I, I just I prefer the way the NFL does it to the way that the NBA does it. Those are good NBA Christmas games. I'm not... I'm not saying anything against it. 
at John Lund Radio. Give me your thoughts. I think when you're younger, Christmas is the thing. Obviously, when you're a kid, it is. Like Thanksgiving, you're a kid. You don't realize that you don't see family very much. You don't realize that you don't see your fam- your kids until they come back from college. You don't realize how important family is. You're just like, uh, Thanksgiving, people are eating. What's the big deal of that? And I have to go to the kid's table, and it's like a cardboard table. That's what I would have to eat as a kid. Like, there'd be an adult table. It took me years to actually graduate to the adult table. There's cousins and stuff you don't like, and you're like, I got to hang out with them, and you got to dress up. And you're like, oh, man, do I got to do this? So I get it. That's Thanksgiving when you're a kid. Christmas when you're a kid is ripping open presents, getting new stuff. It's the greatest thing ever. But as you get older, you appreciate Thanksgiving more because you appreciate family more. And Christmas is, speaking of gluttony, is kind of like, did I need to buy them all these presents? My credit card bills are coming in January. Yeah, you got to compete with everybody else. Ooh, their lights are nicer. Their tree is nicer. Uh, did I get the right gifts? Is she going to like that? Oh, man. So, you know, there's just a lot of pressure to it. And the games itself, I'd rather have the three football games, especially in the middle of the season, than the five basketball games. Although, I got to say, 76ers at Knicks, okay. Uh, Lakers at Mavs, Lakers aren't very good. But, you know, Lakers at Lakers, so you'll watch. Fox at Celtics is a very good one. Obviously, you're going to watch Grizzlies Warriors. That's local. Suns Nuggets. 7.30 on a Christmas night, I don't know. I'm kind of in and out. There's still, you know, family around a little bit. I'll watch some of that game. But I, I take Thanksgiving over Christmas, especially as you get older. Give me your thoughts. Uh, at John Lund Radio. Thanksgiving or Christmas person? Give me your thoughts. It's time for One for the Road. Scared for my life, man. I didn't know what was going on. It was cars cutting in front of us. The guy said he forgot where the stadium was. We had to make like four or five U-turns. Bro, I was scared for my life. These people like, he'll drive kind of reckless. <laughs> I was, I was spooked. I was so scared. So I, just, I just closed my eyes, started praying, hoping we get so that safe. How did that impact your your prep for the game getting here so late? Uh, yeah, we had to, we had to kind of like rush everything, like rush the warm up, hurry up, um, because we we weren't able to come in and get like our usual stress. We had to like go straight to the field to get loose on um, with the warmers with the um, strength style. So it just it just rushed us a little bit. That's all. The toughest thing was altitude. Um, and then once we got here, I mean, I'd say the hardest thing was our last bus. The escort got lost. Um, so we had a bunch of players and coaches show up about 40 minutes later than usual. Um, but once they got here, it was all good. <laughs> so first, Shavarius Moody Man Ward uh, in the post game with Greg Papa and Tim Ryan. Greg, my partner on the radio show, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on uh, KMBR, which you can listen to. So that was the post game show on the 49ers Radio Network with Tim and Greg. And Shavarius Ward telling them about how in Mexico City that they take, you can take any bus over. There's four different buses. That was the last bus that came over. And he said that they had to do U-turns and turn around. And remember, Mexico City uh, is a massive city, one of the biggest cities in our, uh, in our world. And he's sitting there on the back of this thing with a number of other guys going, we're going to be late. We're getting lost. We're not in the right places because there's a lot of not right places in Mexico City. And uh, if you've never talked to uh, or never heard an interview with Shavarius Ward, we did a couple in a training game with him. He is a hoot, man. He is funny. Uh, ended up playing a great game, but I just wanted to play that for you. No real thoughts on it. It's just we all know what it's like being lost. Uh, the worst lost driving story. Because, you know, it happens. And no matter where you live, you take a right ter- wrong turn somewhere else. I remember uh, I was working. I was covering a game in New York or something and somehow got across the bridge, was in New Jersey, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, had just covered a game, didn't know where the hell I was, and I just remember turning down a street and going down like a main street in a town where I had no idea where I was, and I'm just looking for a, a freeway, and I'm in a, you know, a rental car that might as well just be blinking, rental car, 
Uh, and uh, these guys looked at me like, are you, you've got to be kidding me. I felt like Clark Griswold, not in Christmas vacation, whatever vacation one he was where he got lost. And hi, you fine gentlemen. Can I get some uh, directions to the freeway? I mean, I was just looking at this going, yeah, this is not a place for me. Ended up being okay. But we've all been there, right? Where you're like traveling and, you know, your significant other screaming at you to, you know, get some directions. That doesn't happen as much anymore because, you know, we all have uh, our iPhones with us, and it can get us back to things. But that, this was pre-iPhone. This was like MapQuest days where it's like, you know, you print them out. And if you get off the beaten path, you're like, uh, this is not where I'm supposed to be. But anyway, there's Severius Ward proving that even NFL players get nervous when they're lost, and that is <laughs> one for the road. And that is Unleashed, the Thanksgiving edition, episode 49 for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Have a tremendous Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. I know they drive you nuts, but you don't see them that much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for making Unleashed your first stop for Bay Area Sports Talk. Please listen and subscribe or you get your favorite podcast. My day job can be our radio in San Francisco, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific weekdays with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. Interact with me any old time at John Lund Radio on Instagram and Twitter. That's Unleashed, episode 49, with me, John Lund, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.